0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: Hello, everybody, it's Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have an amazing interview today with my good friend, Stacey Hunky, who's just authored another book, titled, Influence Redefine, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday. And that's just not the same day. That's like the whole week. All right, so before we get into this, a couple of quick announcements. If you uh, have any amazing stories that you want to share or you've got a question you can go on to any of my social media channels I'm pretty much everywhere Twitter Facebook Instagram LinkedIn and more and remember to use the hashtag if you've got a question ask Shep and I'll answer the question right there or include it on this show or maybe my tv show which I want to remind you is be amazing or go home and that can be found on Amazon Prime Apple TV Roku and many other places including YouTube that's right just go to Shep.tv you can check it out there all right, let's get into it. Our amazing interview for today, Stacy Hunky. I just told you she's an author, but she's also the founder of Stacy Hunky Inc., and she is trained and presented to thousands of business leaders, and she talks about everything about leadership. But here's the thing: I think in order to have a great customer experience, You've got to be a great leader, leading a group of great people. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is the messaging behind this, the consistency of a message. I call it a mantra, and it's short. Stacy's got a whole new take on it. It comes straight from her book, Influence Redefined. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio, Stacy.
0: Thank you, Seth. That's quite the introduction. I've got a lot to follow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, well, it's all true. And everybody needs to know how great you are. And I've known yeah. you now for a number of years. We've been in some mastermind groups together. And you just came out with this book. Is it actually out yet? It is out. We're already a year and a half into it. Is it already been a year? Years, okay. Yeah. It looks, yeah, my copy looks so new. Good. Uh, (laughs) So you can go on Amazon right now and get the book. There you go. Thank you for that. All right. So just real quick background on yourself. And then I want to talk about the book. Then I want to talk about how it ties into leading a group of people to create a great experience. What do you got?
0: I started in Radio Chef. I wanted to be the next Katie Couric, but that Mm. appeared work out. So the communication goes way back. From there, there was numerous positions in large corporations, always training on topics that focused around your topic. Customer service was a big one for me at that point. No matter what topic I would train for these corporations, I started to pull the drape back and realize it's so much about how we communicate. No matter what the topic is, time management, customer service, leadership. Then 18 years ago, as of this coming August. I started Stacy Hunke Inc. And it really was this push around. I, I was teaching presentation skills for another company prior to that. And it never felt right. I always thought, how, why am I teaching someone how to present? But they're not presenting until a month from now or two months from now. I pulled it back and thought, influence is so much about how we communicate, how we show up and present ourselves every single day. That's how Influence Redefined really got started. That it's how we communicate Monday to Monday, both verbally and non-verbally, that determines the level of influence that we really have.
1: Wow. So your definition of influence is? Body
0: language and messaging, they are consistent Monday to Monday. That way no one ever has to show up who, or no one has to guess who's going to show up. That's one part of it, Shep. The other definition, especially when you think about in the customer service industry, that no matter what the interaction is, you always have this ability to drive people to take action long after the interaction has occurred.
1: Drive people to take action long after the interaction has occurred. I think that's a tweetable phrase. No, nah, thanks. thanks for that <laughs> plug too.
0: I mean, you know, I think about with customer service and we all know that that is all about building relationship. And sometimes the relationship, it doesn't get built off of one email, one interaction. It's a series of how someone experiences you, over a time frame where that trust and that influence is built.
1: Right, I talk about the consistent and predictable experience. And if it's mm-hmm. a positive experience, anything better than average, well then companies that are consistent and predictable operate at a level of amazement if it's a good experience. And I think what you're saying is that individuals who are consistent and predictable uh, operate as leaders, uh, they operate as the people you wanna be around. By the way, it's much easier even if you have a leader that you would say the experience isn't, as, isn't what you would want it to be, at least if it's consistent and predictable, you know what you're dealing with every single day, right? That's I know right. that's taking the negative spin on it, but so it, let's true. take the worst case scenario. At least we know this person is like this, and this is how he or she is going to communicate with me, and this is what I can expect when I go to work. Now, it's great if you know we've got a great leader who's leading the troops, and it's a consistent message, and uh, you know what you got. Predictable, consistency, it sounds to me that's where it starts.
0: So true, and it goes both ways, Shep. I mean, think about how many people, your clients, how many people you might have interacted with perhaps first over the phone. You create an image of them, you create a perception of them, which really is the reputation that they create every day. Then you meet them in person, and it might be totally different, whether that's, better than what you experienced on the phone with this person are not so good. Mm. The deal, I really believe that we can determine to some degree, we can control the reputation that we create just by the way we show up for that customer every day, how we stay showed up during that interaction, and then what we leave behind.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the notes I have. Uh, I want to jump into the book for a moment here. And, and by the way, uh, coming up in the second half of our show, I want you to get specific. I know uh, there's uh, a three steps you can take to enhance your influence and increase the customer's experience. So we've got that coming up. I'm teasing everybody so they'll stick around. But one of the, as I look through, uh, I read through the book and um, you talk about influence redefined, which you've given us your definition of influence. That must be the redefined definition. Mm-hmm. What was what you thought was the old definition? Because that may be where people are, what people are thinking about right now.
0: You got it, and I think that that's important for us to know. Correct. It, here's the old definition. I'm, I'm going to set the stage. Let's say some of our listeners are in a meeting, and maybe it's just a meeting to discuss what they need to do for the meeting. And the person leading the meeting, chef, is so caught up in their own dialogue that half the room is down their smartphones. There's side conversations going on. And the individual facilitating that conversation decides to talk louder, faster, torturing everyone even more in hopes they're eventually going to figure it out. Influence is not something you turn on and you turn off. For example, interacting with you, you're consistent. I know you outside of this interview. You are always shut. And it's that idea of I've got a big conversation coming up or this particular call to get to that customer and build that relationship is more important than the other one. So I'm going to turn it on. That is a lot of work. And when we keep turning this stuff on and only preparing for the high stakes conversation, that's where I think people really start to guess because you never have consistency. Right. There's this uh,
1: texture. And I call it, in a speech, it's good to have texture where you've got some highs, lows, laughs, seriousness. Correct. But in life, when there's so much texture, you don't know what you're going to get next. You know, it, it's like, that's going to drive somebody crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's be, be, obviously, you know, we always hear be you, but what does that mean? To me, it means the best of you shows up every day, that every single interaction you're having is reason to follow up again. It's reason to build the conversation, to build the relationship, especially with customer service. And that means you've got to show up as if this is really something that's a big deal and it's important because when you show up one way one day and then another conversation differently, that's not influence. Yep. Sustainable.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, as I listen to how you're referring to influence, I'm thinking there's other words that can describe it. Um, I, you know, I talk about this consistency concept, and you'll get a kick out of this. Um, there was a great actor, Richard Burton. Remember mm. Richard Burton? Many yes. of our listeners may be too young to remember Richard Burton, but you don't have to know who he is or was. He's passed <laughs> away to appreciate. What he said, now he was famous for stage, TV, movies, and what he did when he was doing a play night after night after night, he was known to say, I want to be so good tonight that I cheat the audience that was here the night before, which is oh, a pretty I cool concept. That. Yeah, and basically what he's saying is, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to deliver the performance of my life. Whether he did or didn't, it was a consistent effort that he made to make that happen. And so I, I look at somebody like that. I look at uh, athletes playing on the field and how some days, wow, it's not like they weren't trying hard and they lost. They were trying their best. They just didn't have their best day, but they tried to be their best. And I think of people that come to work, the same thing. They need to come to work thinking today is a new day. I'm going to be better today than yesterday. My next call, I'm going to try to be even better than the last call. I don't know if I'll be able to do it or not, but it's that consistent effort That everybody knows that your team members that you play with or that you work with uh, in the next cubicle over, the next department over, the next building over, that everybody's putting forth the same effort and our leaders have to do the same thing. If they want to create that culture, that's what you're saying. The leaders set the tone and create the culture by the consistent and predictable behavior that they have. And that's what's going to drive that influence.
0: That's where it needs to start, Shep. I have story after story where if we're working with a group that's not the top leadership of a corporation, many times participants will start saying to us, well, our leaders don't do this. Why should we? And I say, you're you're exactly right. And I really think you can get a good feel for leadership and their level of influence just by the way that their teams interact and how they interact with us as outsiders.
1: Mm. So you said... Go ahead. I'm yep, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, you had a story. You said, I have so many stories. I want yeah, to hear a story before we a, take a break. A
0: story, you know, a lot of a lot of them are the inconsistencies where one, this happened over a year ago, right? Shep? It was an individual here in Chicago, which is where I reside. He's a VP of sales and I had not met him before. He calls me up and tells me, I think I need your help. We do a sales meeting every Monday, the beginning of the month to talk strategy. A couple of Mondays ago, I was walking to the conference room my team did not know that I was outside the room. I was late. Another thing, don't do. Influence does not mean you can be late. <laughs> he said, he overheard his team say, we'll call him Mark. I wonder which Mark is going to show up today. Ooh. And, and now that's feedback. That's definitely some constructive. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by consistency. And, and you, you made a comment earlier, Shep, about how you show up for work every day. Your name is on every single thing that you do. So if that isn't enough to make sure that the best of you shows up every day, I mean, do you want to be known as the person that they see, your team sees you on their Outlook calendar for a meeting that day and they think, oh, not today. (laughs) I don't want to deal with this person. That's what I mean by consistency and really build the reputation you're proud of every day versus getting people to guess.
1: Yep, all right. The book is titled Influence Redefined by Stacey Hunky. It is uh, subtitled, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday, available at Amazon and retail stores throughout the world. (laughs) I I think so. Anyway, we'll be right back. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about these three steps that you can use to enhance your influence and increase customer experience. And I want to hear another story or two. So don't go away. We're coming right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases, or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for go to www.cultofthecustomer.com go there today and order join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists the cult of the customer
0: listening to Amazing business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken.
1: We are back on Amazing business Radio talking with Stacey Hunky about her book Influence Redefined and how it impacts not only the people you work with, but your customers as well. So you have this three-step process and I would love to hear I love things that are very practical, that are very logical, that are you know step by step. These are this is a big takeaway, actually three of them, I think. What are the steps?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, the three steps. And these are going to seem so common sense. So I challenge your listeners, is it common
1: practice? Ah, uh, common sense that's not so common.
0: That's right. That's not common practice. First, are you getting feedback or are you getting fluff? So the very first thing is reach out to people that you know are going to tell you the truth. And when I here, I'll give you an example, Shep, if we finish this interview and I say to you, how did I do? Typically, good, nice job. That was, that was great. It's not feedback. I'm talking about true feedback of what works to enhance your influence when you're dealing with that customer and what's getting in the way that's causing it too difficult for a customer to follow you, to want to be influenced by you. So that's some hardcore, here's what works, here's what doesn't. Now, the only way you can get the feedback is the next step, and that's deliberate practice. How many of your listeners this week, when they're in a conversation with a customer, really thought about how they were coming across? we get so stuck in just the message we forget how does someone experience me right now now the practice is part of the video or audio recording from my experience there's probably a lot of your listeners that are audio record depending on the type of business that they have are you say
1: recording their their conversations conversations okay
0: any conversation shop and we we have the capability now to do it do it on your phone we do it religiously in my company where my team does it monthly, I do it monthly, and then we sit down and we give each other feedback of what works and what doesn't work. Until you can experience yourself through the eyes and ears of your listeners, we're guessing every day how we come across.
1: I'm going to bet that somebody who records their next conversation with a customer, be it sales, support, whatever, and listens to it, if they've not done this before, they will cringe mm-hmm. at how they come across. And I think it's important to understand, this is a powerful piece of it right here, is listen to it and don't cringe. Just say, you know what, I can do better. And what would I do to make it better? Be very specific. Maybe even transcribe the conversation. And while I hate scripts, at least create phrases that you know work real well and insert that into the conversation when necessary and opportunity allows itself.
0: That's right. I I can't emphasize this enough, Shep, is the more you record yourself, listen back to it. And when you listen back to it, think about how did you feel? How did you think you came across during the recording, during the conversation, rather than how you felt after? Now, here's another idea, and this might be happening within your industry, is my two sisters are part of the company. They love to give me feedback. That's Mm -hmm. definitely my advantage or disadvantage. I have them on some of my client calls as silent observers. And right before we get on a call, I will give them feedback on what do I want feedback on. So I prepare the feedback. I say specifically, here's what I want you to listen for or watch for. And then five minutes after that customer call, we take two, five minutes, they rip it apart. I write their feedback on post-it notes and off on my left, I've got a computer monitor. It's filled with post-it notes of the feedback that I get. So those two, the feedback, the practice with recording go hand in hand. Mm. That's one and two. Step three. Three is accountability. You know, for myself, if I don't ask for feedback on how do I come across my communication skills, both verbal and nonverbal, I consistently walk through life on how I feel rather than what's on fact. And the accountability part is who can you really rely on that monthly they do a check-in, weekly they do a check-in, but someone to say, are you doing it? Are you recording yourself? What did you do this week to really give that customer and experience that is so much better than what they had last month with you Think of it like a workout buddy or a personal trainer if any of your listeners have ever had one of those when you have a personal trainer and you know they're waiting at the gym for you at 5:30 a.m. you show up them you're gonna show up yep. and it's similar to you and I this was on our calendar if it wasn't on our calendar, now, of course, I would show up because you're a friend, but if anything that is on your calendar, a loved one, a family member has an event tonight, it'll be on your calendar and you will be there. I'm amazed, though, when it comes to our development, especially customer service, because you're such a reflection of the company, the product, the service itself. Why don't we put our own development on our calendar?
1: Okay. Amen. Those so,
0: three, you can implement them today and yeah. you can practice them 24-7 if you really chose to.
1: Yep. So number one, feedback versus flop. The real thing. Drill down. How'd I do? Oh, you were great. Specifically, give me some answers. I mean, be specific. Don't just generally say, Hey, that was great. Number two, deliberate practice. And that is exactly as it sounds. Practice. Know what you're getting into. And, uh, you know, we listen and we talked about scripting, which I, again, I don't love scripting, but you know, print out, uh, and what are the, uh, tools, uh, is it, uh rev rev.com
0: yeah that's R-E-V. one of them yeah Something you can take a, a
1: you can take a recording and it will transcribe it for you or they will transcribe it for you in a very minimal amount and then look at it and find oh man i want to say this the same way the next time so practice saying it the same way the next time and then i love the idea of accountability that's huge i've been talking about accountability for years it's taking ownership and and owning what is in your lap and what you do or what's on your calendar all right we have time for uh, another story. Tell us another story out of the book.
0: The very first, the, the story that the book kicks off with. This was uh, a couple
1: okay. Of- I know yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Is that all right? Can I go there? Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the audience doesn't know it. I know right. it. It's I it. Because know it it. I read it. Only because no, it I read it. No, it she wrote it.
0: Yeah, it just shows how we don't know what we don't know. We were doing. We my team. We were doing a workshop at one of our large client firms and a group of partners were doing the workshop. Now, as a partner, they've obviously worked hard to get to where they're at. You would think that they would know the idea of brevity, which is a big part of influence. That morning, a partner walks in and he's got executive presence, however you define that, from head to toe. He had one of those handshakes you won't forget. He walked in the room like he owned it. We're having this conversation around brevity importance of clarity and getting individuals to follow your message every step of the way. All the partners sitting around the boardroom table, they got in some discussion around that that day. And suddenly this partner, we'll just call him Shep, he decides he has an experience to share. He starts in of how he lives in Dallas. He was in New York on a client meeting. He's on the busy streets of New York on a call with a client waiting for, that time it was a taxi, a taxi to pull up. Well, he hops in the taxi. who's going to take him back to LaGuardia to fly back home. Halfway to LaGuardia, he's on a call with a client. Prior to reaching LaGuardia, he concludes that call with the client. Taxi driver peers in the rearview mirror, asked him, can I give you feedback?
1: Really? My the partner, taxi I mean, imagine
0: the taxi driver. Now imagine you're sitting in the backseat of this cab. <laughs> My client said before he could even answer because he was really thrown back by that comment. The taxi driver went on to say, I figure I'll never see you again. Can I give you feedback? Now, at this point, my client's thinking, you know what, I worked hard to be a partner. What can this stranger possibly tell me that I don't already know? Cab driver stated to him, when you first got in my cab, you looked like you had an important job. But when I heard you on the phone, I started to second guess what you do. You say "I'm um an a uh, lot. It takes you a long time to get to the point. And it was tough to follow your conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This sounds like my speech coach. Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) All that goes down, Shep. Fortunate for both of them, they reach LaGuardia. My client can't throw the cab money over the cab seat fast enough. He hops out of the cab, slams the cab door behind him. He finds himself walking quickly down the terminal, airport terminal, when he realized perhaps my cab coach just told me what everyone is saying behind my back. Hmm. after that, Shep, I get an email from this client. He was still talking about the scenario, this story. He shared with me that after he started to use more brevity as we had coached him and how to do that, clients would respond to him differently. They paid attention. They'd ask questions that would lead into a deeper conversation. He wasn't getting interrupted anymore. He would have all eyes on him versus people trying to multitask. And it just, it shows that the lack of self-awareness He's walking around life thinking, well, I've got the title. I work for a big firm. I'm good. I'm good at what I do. He had also shared with me so many of his clients, meaning internal clients, his peers, anytime that he would ask how he did after a pitch or after a conference call, he would constantly get yeah, it. Good. Nice job. It's great. And then we laughed about it. And he said, I just realized people have been lying to me for years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great story. And I think it's it's a reality check. And uh, it's like, don't believe your own press.
0: That's true. Yes. You
1: know, uh, yeah. But when others, uh, and they say, uh, I don't know the exact quote, leadership is what people say about you when you walk out of the room, or is that right? Or something like
0: that. I like it. If that's, yeah. that's definitely it. There, there's another one, chef, that I, we were working with the CEO doing some mentoring with him. He had called us up because he's in front of media a lot and he had never really gotten feedback. When I started to coach him and record him, we sit down to watch his playback, not even 10 seconds into the playback. He says to me, I bet you wonder how I ever became a CEO. And what he was referring to was how he was coming across. Well, when I asked him that that's a strong comment, where is that coming from? He admitted, I've never gotten feedback. I just realized that my executive team tells me how great I am. And I've never been video recorded before. That means there's a disconnection of how he feels rather than what everyone else around him sees. That's why that step is absolutely critical for your listeners.
1: Yep. So we're bringing it back to customer service and experience. Imagine that, um, you know, well, even an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, when they walk out, you always give them a five. You don't want to give them a four or three because you know they're going to get in trouble, even if they weren't that good. You're never going to see that driver again. But you know what? I think as individuals, if there's a way to deliver the feedback to them that's supportive and, uh, I guess, helpful, then that just makes it better for that individual and for the customers that follow. Uh, so, Except you know,
0: in that that effort, what you just gave us that. That doesn't cost anything. It is so simple to do. My dad my dad resonates with me when we're having this conversation. My dad would always tell my sisters and I, be kind to everyone because you never know when you need some help. And you he would always pound that into us. And I think about the Uber situation. If I'm in an Uber where the person, the driver is just exceptionally kind, oh, it just makes my day, like it puts life into perspective. Yeah.
1: But that doesn't mean you can still give the person a five and still make a suggestion that can make it even better. That's right. So I always love when I ask uh, my clients, if you know, I when you're out there getting surveys and somebody says they love you, then ask them this question. I call it the one thing question. What's one thing you can think of that would make the experience even better?
0: Love that. Love that. And that's something Uh, easily your listeners can do. Or what is one thing? Have done better to have more value to make this a better experience for you. Sometimes I think we're afraid of the truth, whether that's good or not
1: so good. The truth will set you free. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. So we're down to the last question. I call it the one thing question. Is there one thing that you'd like to share with us that you haven't shared yet, or maybe you just want to emphasize something? that we've talked about already, what's the last thing you want our listeners to remember about this
0: Uh, conversation? Shep, I just want to emphasize the recording. We literally could have gotten on this interview together if you would have asked me, all right, what's one thing, and we'll save everyone's time this morning or this afternoon, depending on when they're listening to this, I would have said to you, just record yourself. Record yourself as often as possible, because you'll get rid of, say for example, the thing that you're working on is you're trying not to say a lot of ums and ahs to create distractions you can get rid of those once you hear them a couple times you'll get rid of them and then you will find something else to work on that's what makes influence so tough no matter what industry you're in it's a lifelong learning yet you'll you'll get stuck if you're not experiencing yourself through the eyes and ears of your listeners
1: all right record it listen learn and then take action all that's right, right. We're listening to Stacy Hunky sharing, uh, sharing with us some insights from Influence Redefined, her latest book. You can get it on Amazon. And Stacy, thank you for being on our show today.
0: Of course. Thanks for the opportunity and trusting me with your listeners, Shep.
1: Well, thanks. Well, you're awesome. And I should actually say you're amazing. And this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Next week, we will have another amazing interview. So until then, I'm trying to see how many times I could say amazing in one paragraph. Until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.